entertainment and exclusive savings at our new Billings Albertsons at 5317 Grand Avenue. Open from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, you know, I, I sent an email to uh, the media relations folks at CBS News earlier this morning. This is this will sound a little random, but I said, hey, I I spotted a story on your CBS News website, and it's from Kaiser Health News which gets their money from a certain foundation, likely has a certain agenda. And my question was this is, OK, it's it's a story concerning the Montana legislature, but yet you're not uh, featuring a story from a Montana television network reporter. You're not featuring a story from a Montana reporter that works for one of these CBS TV stations in Montana. No, instead, you're copying and pasting something from Kaiser Health News. And, and I said, have you vetted this, guys, as a source? And why aren't you using a Montana CBS reporter for a report about a Montana news story on your CBS news website? And the reason why that ties in with uh, with my uh, opening rant here this morning is because I have seen stories from the Kaiser Health News. They will do stories about about uh, about fentanyl and about the, the, the problems that fentanyl is causing on our reservations in particular. But then in these same stories, they will say nothing about our southern border. They will say nothing about where this fentanyl is coming from and the Mexican drug cartels that are bringing this fentanyl here into Montana. And again, this goes back to my point, this, this just wear the ribbon mentality. Yeah, shut up and wear your mask, even if the mask doesn't work. Just wear the ribbon. Just wear the ribbon. Uh, this Democrat lawmaker from Missoula, uh, you got you to say it when you're referring to the virtue signalers. It's Missoula for those of you who grew up there. It's Missoula uh, for the virtue signalers. This lawmaker from Missoula threw an outright fit because uh, the committee uh, didn't vote in support of creating Indigenous Peoples Day instead of uh, uh, Columbus Day, right? And so he says, this means our lives don't matter. And I'm like, wow, this coming from the same lawmaker who won't stand up and defend our reservation communities from the fentanyl crisis. And, And on a related note, you know, because uh, I, I got this one wrong. When I was at the state capitol in Helena, I, I was talking with a friend, uh, uh, one of our uh, uh, Native Amer- American lawmakers in the state legislature, I, th- I think it was. And I, and I said, I used the term uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. I said, hey, what are we doing to fix this missing and murdered indigenous women uh, problem that we've got, not just in Montana, but across the Rocky Mountain West, across the United States? I know, I know Attorney General Austin. And Knutson is dedicating more uh, law enforcement resources to that fight, etc. I know it's been a big topic. People will paint their hands red and march in parades and and wear ribbons uh, talking about missing and murdered indigenous women. But what is actually being done to tackle the problem, right? And this uh, this lawmaker corrected me, uh, Aaron. I, I got to correct you. You said missing and murdered indigenous women. It's not just a women's problem. That's why now the term that everybody is using is missing and murdered indigenous persons. 
So why is it missing and murdered indigenous persons instead of missing and murdered indigenous women? No, it's not because of the gender pronoun debate. It's because this challenge, uh, the, the missing persons cases, uh, the, the murders that are taking place, particularly on our reservation communities in particular, it's not just women that are being targeted. Men are, 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 are a huge part of this as well. Well, huh, that, that kind of runs counter to what the left's initial narrative was. Remember, the, the left's initial narrative was, ah, it's, it's white guys that are coming out here and, and taking advantage of, of people out here. It's, really? Is that what's happening? You mean it has nothing to do with the Mexican drug cartels that are hiding out on our reservations? It has nothing to do with the Mexican drug cartels that are bringing in the fentanyl that's killing our kids? That's uh, that's that's uh, you know leading to kids now being in foster homes and, and causing so many other problems. Oh, it has nothing to do with the drugs and the drug cartels, does it? So why is it now a missing murdered indigenous persons issue instead of a missing and murdered indigenous women's issue? But see, see if if we want to have real solutions to real problems and we want to have serious leaders that actually want to that actually want to tackle these issues instead of just wear the ribbon instead of just declaring a special day for pick your special group if we want real leaders who will really tackle these serious issues we've got to go beyond the virtue signaling and we've got to see real efforts take place here so for for senator Morris Joe out of Missoula I, you know, enjoyed meeting you. you. Seemed like a nice enough guy. But if you are serious about tackling these issues, well, then start working across the aisle. Start holding this Biden administration accountable with this drug epidemic that is wreaking havoc all across our great state of Montana, and in particularly in our reservation communities. Uh, is that too much to ask? It's kind of like these people who do all the virtue signaling. They claim to stand up for Native Americans. They claim to stand up. And and yet when the Crow tribe was trying to support their economy and their people by exporting their coal, by simply being able to ship their coal to Washington State so they could sell it to markets abroad, where were you then? Where are you now with the fentanyl epidemic? Oh, you're wearing a ribbon? Well, good for you. That doesn't do a damn thing to help out the problems that are facing this state right now. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's my continued rant this morning. But I uh, want to hear from you. We've got the phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970. You can also send us a quick message. I need your support more than ever. Make a difference in the lives of our nation's veterans by visiting wqwf.org forward slash give. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's jump right into the phone lines here, 406-294-0970. First up, let's go to Sean in Libby. Hey, Sean, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Yeah, good morning, Aaron, again. Uh, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks I, uh, for the call, yeah. Well, I just want to say uh, that uh, the Native Americans here in the state uh, deserve all the support that we can give them uh, in every which way, because after all, they are the wise fathers and mothers of the state. And that's just my comment. 
Yeah, so what's, what's your take on this whole virtue signaling is the way I see it, where you you got people who, who try to try to start these fights, try to divide people along ethnic or racial lines or 158 different gender lines, but yet when it comes to truly supporting people with the problems that really are impacting them, like the fentanyl crisis, they're nowhere to be found. They just want they just want you to wear the ribbon. What's your thoughts? Well, thanks for asking. I think they need to be more broad-minded and more objective and more have a vision uh, for the Native Americans. So there's no vision there, which goes to the same thing for the federal government and the, and President Biden. He's got no vision. Uh, he has a vision, all right, but it's not in the right direction. So they, uh, this gentleman uh, that you're talking about, and I don't recall his name, uh, he needs to have more of a vision for the Native Americans and uh, and uh, and, and push it. And, well, and uh, all not, of us, and, and all of us, frankly, because especially this fentanyl crisis, it's not just a Native American issue. It's not just a, a reservation issue. They're, now they're getting hit harder when you look at percentages. But it's still hitting every community. What do they have? They had a kid in a bathroom in, in Bozeman at the mall uh, just uh, just had an OD, if I recall right, from some of the local news outlets there. So, yeah, this is, a, this is an all-of-us issue, as all these issues are. Sean, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, 294-0970. Next up, let's go to Marilyn in Lolo, listening to KMPT. Marilyn, thanks for the call. What's on your mind? Good morning. So, early on... Senator Keith Regeer had proposed um, that we do an investigation aimed at producing the, you know, investigating this system, the reservation system that has produced the negative effects of drug abuse, alcoholism, domestic violence, welfare dependence, poverty, and substandard educational achievements, resulting in lack of opportunity for their future well-being and happiness. So. Morgeau was one of the big deals against it. He'd rather, and in this article that the Beacon had, I mean, Morgeau just whines and complains and wants to remain a victim, and I still want this subject of sovereignty to come up because they claim to be sovereign and a sovereign nation, and yet more and more and more their hands are out for more money from us, and they're part of our legislature, and we're not allowed to be part of their tribal government. So, I mean, there's a lot wrong on the reservations, and also he's trying to force um, Indian education on all the legislatures. And here in Lolo, there was a teacher training here a while back, and all the educators there at Lolo got the Indian education. They're trying to force it on all of us. Well, I think I mean I think Indian education is a part of Montana history, and Indian education for all is a part of what's already taught in our schools. But I, I'd imagine what what some of these leftists are trying to do is much like what they're trying to pull with critical race theory, where they're trying to twist it uh, now into something else. And uh, yeah, you know, it was interesting to me when that debate was going on. Uh, apparently, it was a constituent from the Flathead who requested a bill draft. Uh, that started this whole debate about about uh, the reservation systems itself, and 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 there were some in the media who were saying, well, this is racist uh, to even bring up the idea of doing uh, away with with uh, with the reservation system. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I don't know some of you who are are uh, better historians than me might be able to remind me, but. 
when I visited the uh, Little Bighorn Battlefield site, uh, I seem to recall that it was the Native Americans themselves who were fighting against being forced into a reservation system. Uh, so, so, so they were the ones uh, at the time who were opposing the creation of the reservation system. I do, though, think uh, I think the, the the broader point though is that we have treaty obligations, nation to nation treaty obligations, and I think uh, our government needs to, needs to uphold those treaty obligations, just like our government, our federal government, needs to uphold the constitutional rights that we are all guaranteed as well. Uh, but, and then I think another point here, too, is the ultimate sovereignty is private property ownership and owning your own piece of the land. And, and, and I really think that, that free markets and private property rights are, are the ultimate solution for all of us if we want real sovereignty. All right, uh, next up on the phone lines, Tom in Billings. Hey, Tom, what's your thoughts? How are we doing, Aaron? Good. Thanks for the call. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I am the next Republican candidate for the Yellowstone County Sheriff. And the reason I'm doing this is because I'm going to work with, I want to work with Austin. I want to work with Montana lawmakers. I want to work with fellow lawmakers. This fentanyl problem is out of, is out of touch. Uh, I need to bring, I need to bring this into the 21st century and not work in 1980 and 1990. Um, there is a lot of drug cartels working within the reservation system because of the law enforcement. Uh, lack of the law enforcement, and uh, being a being a border county with Bighorn County, uh, we need to we need to close the gap on this, and we need to react uh, in a positive way. We need to play offense, not defense, because the fentanyl problem is bad. Um. And I need to work with legislators. I need to work with Austin. I need to work with Jody Eckert. I need to work with all other lawmakers, federal lawmakers, because this has to stop because it's not just a reservation problem. It's a big, huge problem. And the drug cartels are a business. They understand that, and they understand the lack of law enforcement that we have on reservations. Yeah, and in fact, I've, you've probably heard this from federal law enforcement as well. I've heard this from from some sources in law enforcement that there are there are parts, there are communities you can go to where law enforcement basically it's a no go place for them right now because the Mexican drug cartels are in control. Happening in Montana, you talk with law enforcement, that's what they will tell you. And you're right. You can't talk about Yellowstone County crime without also talking about Bighorn County crime. One of the best ideas I heard was uh, he's now the, the past county attorney in Bighorn County, Jay Harris. I, I like his idea. You know, one of the challenges and the Northern Cheyenne tribe and the Crow tribe have both demanded more support for law enforcement out of the federal government because the federal government has consistently fallen short. Well, Okay, let's say the federal government sends a bunch of money to Montana for BIA police, but let's say they don't have enough recruits or they don't have enough BIA police. All that money that got sent to Montana to support law enforcement 
in those areas now has to go back to Washington. Well, what Jay Harris told me is, why can't we keep that money and give it to local law enforcement to support their efforts so we can support our friends in these reservation communities so they at least have some kind of a law enforcement when the feds are failing at their jobs once again? Uh, that just It's common sense, right? Block grant, block grant that money to these local communities instead of just sending it back to Washington, D.C. so they can go waste it on some Green New Deal BS again down the road uh yeah anyway that, that's that's my take uh yeah tom thanks uh, thanks for the call it also to me goes back to this whole spy balloon incident and the china spy balloon uh dan crenshaw the navy seal congressman from texas he did kind of a readout on this intelligence briefing they got yesterday and and so he says uh, after they got this briefing from uh the intelligence community and the military yesterday he says, we still don't know what these three other objects were. We're calling them unidentified aerial phenomenons. So basically, the small object that was hovering over Haver, Montana this past Saturday uh, is the same object they shot down over Lake Huron, Michigan. Now, was it a balloon? Was it some other type of object? We, they don't really know yet is what it sounds like. And, and then Crenshaw said they were also told uh, this line that's been in the national media, which is, well, we adjusted our radars to detect these smaller devices. And, and my point, again, comes back here to our southern border is we should be we should we should be hyper focused on these smaller devices. What do you think the drug cartels are doing? They're not only sneaking their mules across the border on the ground. They're also using UAVs and other type of devices to get the fentanyl and to get the meth into America as well. But see, here's here's my suspicion. And these are the answers that our lawmakers need to now demand is I, I, I would I would bet money that there's people in our military, just like there's been people in our border patrol who have been calling for more resources, calling for more support on our southern border and in the skies above our southern border and our northern border as well for the same reason. The, 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 the northern border crossings are up big time right now, just like, the, you know, it's, you know, not in the, as big a numbers as on the southern border, but it's still happening. And so so we need to not only be de- detecting these devices because of a China spy balloon, we need to also be securing our borders because of the Mexican drug cartel threat as well. And, and, and to me, both incidences just show, again, that this administration in Washington and liberal Senator John Tester do not want to secure our borders. They have not secured our borders. And the China spy balloon was the biggest symbol floating above our heads to prove that point. Uh, let's see. we got other callers on the line here. And then coming up in the second half of this show, uh, we're going to hear from uh, from uh, Jesse Ramos, former Missoula City Council member, uh, who's uh, now weighing in in support of a taxpayer bill of rights in uh, in Helena. Uh, let's see. JR in Lake County. I'm hearing the music. I was going to try to go right to you, uh, but uh, we'd have to cut you off because we got our hard break coming up right now. So JR in Lake County, standby. We'll come. We'll, we'll go to you right after the break, and then uh, Jesse Ramos after that, talking about a taxpayer bill of rights in the Montana legislature. This is where Montana talks ag with Lane Nordland. The Department of Agriculture Monday announced new investments and strategies to help producers conserve water, address climate issues, and build drought resilience in the West. 
The effort is through the Western Water and Working Lands Framework for Conservation Action to address key water and land management challenges across 17 western states. The framework includes guidelines for identifying valuable ag landscapes and 13 strategies to help NRCS state leaders, water resource managers, and producers respond to priority challenges. From 2020 to 2022, more than $410 million of annual conservation assistance NRCS provided to producers help address drought challenges in the West. The Water Spartan Initiative will invest $25 million in three new priority areas and 37 existing priority areas. In other news this week at the Public Auction Yards, Billings, Montana, over 4,500 head of sheep and goats sold. Feeder lambs under 70 pounds were steady, while 70 to 90 pound lambs were 15 to 20 dollars higher. 90 to 109 pound lambs sold three to nine dollars higher. A few of those prices include 105 weight lambs on average seeing a price of 126 to 139, while the finished kid goat market saw prices for 70 to 90 weight finished kids bring 197 to 247 on the goat front. On my north line. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, KPAX TV had a headline here uh, recently. Bill would cap how much Montana local governments could increase total spending. That was the KPAX headline. And then our friend Peter Christian at a KGVO had this headline. Former Missoula City Councilor's Bill would lower property taxes. We're going to talk with Jesse Ramos here in just a second. But first, uh, let's go to JR in Lake County uh, since we couldn't get to him before the break. JR, thanks for the call. What's your thoughts this morning? Yeah, thanks. If you have a pen, write these numbers down. Uh, that one caller a while ago said we need to, to all the uh, the Native Americans in our state need all the support they get. Well, listen to this. My neighbor brought over the annual report for the Flathead Reservation, and there it says there's approximately 5,200 tribal members living on their reservation, and their budget is just shy of 200 million dollars. And she figured it out, which was like 38 thousand dollars. For every man, woman, and child tribal member, thirty-eight thousand. So he looked at the Missoula County budget for the entire year and divided by, by the citizens. The Missoula County budget is just a little over twelve hundred dollars a year per citizen, and the Lake County budget is only nine hundred and sixty dollars a year per citizen. So he got thirty-eight thousand versus twelve hundred versus nine sixty, and it, you know. The, the money doesn't go to the tribal members. She told me they only get $1,200 a year in uh, in money. And then on top of that, crazy money, the tribe's just $1.9 billion, $1.9 billion, not million, for this water settlement. And we figured that out, and that comes out to $365,000 for every man, woman, and child tribal member on the reservation. And, of course, the tribal members will never get it. Individual tribal members will never get any of this money. They only get $1,200 a year now. So, And she also said of that $200 million budget, over 80% comes from the U.S. government in the form of grants. So I think we're helping them out 
a well, little bit too much, maybe. Well, or you know, kind of because you know, kind of going back to what uh, Sean and Libby had to say, I think I think we can agree with this statement that hey, our Native American brothers and sisters and friends deserve <laughs> as much support. Uh, they deserve all the support we need. The, the question is, is what is the best way to support our friends and neighbors? Uh, is is all the money going? Yeah, is is government the solution or is government the problem? And I think we can all see that uh, government has been the problem uh, here in Montana. Uh, government, uh, you know, and the federal government in in particular. And you know, when it comes to support, hey, let's 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 give support when it comes to you know the crow coal when they're trying to be able to you know have jobs and and revenue and hey we we need support when it comes to law enforcement why is this law enforcement not being provided federal government's dropping the ball there the federal government not there's treaty obligations where our federal government is supposed to protect the borders of our reservations well if they're not protecting the american borders they're not protecting montana's borders if they're not protecting montana's borders they're clearly not protecting the borders of these uh, that's what i would love to see uh some of these uh some of these tribes file a federal lawsuit uh and and point out the fact that the federal government is failing to uphold its treaty obligations and protect their borders uh very clear with the drug cartels controlling some communities here that that's exactly what is occurring all right jr thanks for the call let's jump right into it here jesse ramos former missoula city council member now working for uh americans for prosperity montana uh, hey, Jesse, great to have you on the show. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me again. I, I always love being on the show, Aaron. You were like one of the lone uh, voices on the Missoula City Council. Uh, now there's a couple more who would actually stand up for the people of Missoula and say, hey, we are being taxed way too much. You would try to rein in the spending. You'd try to rein in the tax hikes. Uh, but unfortunately, you were kind of the lone voice in the wilderness out there. Yeah, absolutely. And and when I decided not to run for another term on council, I, I was definitely not saying I wasn't going to keep fighting for the people of Missoula. And that's what I'm doing now over in Helena with Americans for Prosperity Montana. Uh, Kendall Cotton, the CEO of the Frontier Institute, put, put out a great report and joined us a while back to talk about it. They detailed the significant increase in spending that we're seeing in some of these cities and in some of these counties far beyond uh, the rate of population growth and inflation, and and so it sounds like you're you're backing a bill put to, put forth by uh, Representative Caleb Hinkle out of the Gallatin Valley, basically a taxpayers' bill of rights to try to rein in some of these counties and, and cities. Uh, give us your take. Yeah. So essentially. Um so what this bill does is it's really important to know that uh, back in 1986, the voters understood that the property taxes were a problem. And in 1986, the voters of Montana, by voter referendum, passed I-103, which capped the growth of mill levies by these local cities. So that's what really kind of kicked off what I'm calling this this um, this this game that the cities are playing. So what they're doing, they call it explicitly on the Missoula City Council, the mayor, the city council members, they call it cap management. So it's explicitly designed to avoid the cap. So when that bill was passed, these cities started shifting their revenue sources and expanding their revenues to get away, get around the cap to the point that right now, only 16% of Missoula's total 200 or $187 million of budget expenditures actually comes from property taxes, from levied property taxes. So 
if you don't cap the spending and put a cap on the spending, the government's going to come up with all these different revenue sources. So it's really interesting, Aaron, on the Missoula website, you can find a list of their revenue sources. It's 425 pages long, thousands of different revenue sources from special districts to chicken licenses to pyrotechnic permits to licenses that you have to buy to drink a beer in City Park, um, any number of these things. So if you don't put a cap on the spending, it's useless because the governments will get around it by creating these new uh, revenue sources. And one example of that uh, is a special district. So they created these special districts in Missoula, and Billings, I know, was really bad about these special districts, too. So what these special districts are, they're a, a secret tax. So if every single taxable property inside city limits falls under these special districts and has to pay a special assessment, a.k.a. a tax. And these special districts were created in Missoula in 2010, first levied in 2011, and they created these districts which tax every individual property in the city of Missoula that are not subjected to the cap, um, and they created them by sending every taxable property in Missoula, every property owner, a postcard and on the postcard, they said if they didn't get enough postcards back, these districts were automatically created. So it was like reverse voting. And so what happened is in Missoula, they first uh, levied the park district at $200,000 in 2011. Do you want to take a guess, Aaron, what they levied it at in uh, 2022, this last August? Oh, I, I can't even imagine how many millions of dollars. $7.5 million. That is a... 34 or 3,500% increase over 11 years. That is uh, 318% per year. They have a road district that expanded 2,100% over that same time period. And they tried to do an emergency services special district that Adam Hertz was critical in getting killed over in Missoula, thank God. Um, but so if that would have passed, they would have had parks, roads, police, fire, infrastructure, all in these special districts. So what in God's name was the general fund going to at that point? Yeah, That's the and, question. And, and then what ends up happening is the local folks, uh, you know, who've grown up and, and have lived in Missoula all these years, they keep getting hammered with higher uh, taxes. They keep getting hit. But for the newer folks that have moved in from Seattle or San Francisco, it's not that big of a deal to them because it's not as bad as where they came from. So then they keep voting for this type of stuff, and it's the locals that keep getting hit by it all. So how would this Taxpayer Bill of Rights lower property tax? Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios, trusted by the Northwest, Montana-owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. This is where Montana Talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, so uh, the bill, so that you have a specific bill number here that we're talking about, House Bill 324, as I understand it, by Representative Caleb Hinkle. And i got to catch up with uh, Representative Hinkle uh, during our, our recent uh, two-day program from the state capitol as well. Uh, taking a, a step back, looking at this from the 30,000-foot level, or, or maybe the uh, the China spy balloon level. We're going to go up to 55, 60,000-foot level here for a second. Uh, 
you know, really, Montanans across the board have been just getting hammered by property taxes, uh, specifically because they're tied to real estate values, and we've had a huge climb in values because of all the people wanting to move in here in particular. Um, so last uh, last year, there, there was an effort uh, to try to put a cap on Montana property taxes, and there were a lot of people who liked it in theory. They liked it on a conceptual basis, like, hey, yeah, you – you know, you shouldn't be getting taxed on the value of home. You should be getting taxed on what you paid for your home because it's not like your income is growing every year, even though your real estate value might be. But some, uh, particularly in the ag community and in other uh, uh, aspects, pushed back on that because they were afraid that, okay, well, if you cap it over here and you don't cap it over there, then you're just going to see, you know, a jump in property taxes in these other categories. So I hope I kind of summed up that debate to a certain extent and and then tell us how would house bill how would this bill by representative hinkle actually help to lower property taxes so i think you did a great job summing up that bill um for from from the summer and conceptually it's a good idea but the problem with it is again it tries to cap revenue and what it, it doesn't slow down it wouldn't slow down any spending so what would have happened is the new homeowners would be subsidizing the old homeowners because the government would still be spending a ridiculous amount of money. So what Caleb Hinkle's bill does um, is it actually puts a cap on the overall growth of the budget and the spending, the expenditure, so how much the government spends, a.k.a. its size and scope. So that encompasses, that's going to encompass those rapid increasing valuations, which I'm glad you brought that up, because in Missoula we'd have the valuation of the mill go up by 18%, and meanwhile Mayor John Ingen would say that uh, he was lowering property taxes by 3%, when in reality he was lowering the mills levied, but the value of the mill was up 18%. So actually people were experiencing a 15% increase in property taxes while he could claim that they were being lowered. So this bill addresses that by capping the overall spending and to the rate of population plus inflation growth. So we understand that as the population grows and as the cost of goods and services goes up, the cost to those cities have have to grow. But we put a cap on it, and then um, all it does is it empowers local control by giving the voters the option that the cities have to ask them if they want to exceed that cap, that population plus inflation cap, before they can do it. So this is really empowering the most basic form of local controls by giving it to the locals. And even Missoula, Aaron, I don't know if you remember this, we voted down two ballot measures this summer, which was a Christmas miracle. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we were able to do that. So that's when you know we're back into the hands of the voters. That's when you know it's getting bad. That's when you know they have taxed people so badly that even Missoula voters reject a uh, a ballot measure uh, raising. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like every every single tax hike they yeah. got put before them. You know, you'd have 40, 45 percent of Missoulians who have had enough of this nonsense but yet they still get outvoted by the college kids and the and the and the and the out of staters that recently moved in and and the liberals that were already there so they just get trampled even though they make up a huge number of montanans they still were in the minority in the county and so yeah they were just getting hammered but but when you you actually see a a mill levy or one of these things go down in missoula that tells you just how bad things have gotten there yes absolutely and 
Um, it just shows that, that the sat, they're saturated. And these, these ballot measures went down in flaming defeat. I think 57% um, people of people in Missoula voted against these two ballot measures. Yeah, wow. Uh, a couple of minutes left here with Jesse Ramos, former Missoula City Councilor, now uh, working for AFP, Americans for Prosperity, Montana. You were talking about some of these special districts. And do I remember right, uh, last time I think I caught up with you actually in Missoula uh, for the show one time, you were telling me that basically, if I remember Right, that they basically created these special districts, and then the government has all this money, and then they take millions of dollars and give it to one of their liberal liberal buddies to basically finance his project. So that is that. So that is a little bit different. That's tax increment financing. Okay. We have a bill that's going to be addressing that that Senator Hertz is carrying, and we just got the language in today from it. So that is different, but that is also going to be. That's a very good point. That's also going to be subjected to the uh, Tabor limit. So that's also going to be in there. So um, they can spend money on corporate welfare or they can spend money uh, giving the citizens what they need, which is good infrastructure, good police and fire services. All right, Jesse Ramos, great to catch up with you. Hey, if people want to, you know, uh, link up with you, connect with you, be involved with your efforts, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Uh, best way to, to reach out is my phone number, which is 540-3899. And the best way to, to really help this bill get through, because we're, we're really trying to get it through MACO, the League of Cities and Towns, a lot of taxpayer-funded lobbyists are fighting against this. So the best way that we can get it through is for you to call uh, your legislator, and the switchboard number is 444-4800. Again, that's 444-4800. So call, tell your legislator that you, you want them to support a taxpayer bill of rights. All right, Jesse Ramos. Libby, Montana native too, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Representative Gunderson represents us well. He, that he does. That's right. All right, uh, Jesse Ramos, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us uh, here today on Montana Talks. Tomorrow, we'll take more phone calls. Plus, we got the Speaker of the House for the weekly legislative update.